hey Sarah. Hey what? I want to watch a romantic comedy. I just never for one minute thought that the guy who got me pregnant would actually be the right guy for me. Hello and welcome to RomanticComedyCommentary.com, or as the kids like to call it, RomComCom.com. As always, for the exciting, scary, and life-changing birth-like events that are romantic comedies, I am the first half of your delivery team. I'm midwife Justin, <laughs> and I am joined, as always, by my adaptive, empathetic, and emotionally stable co-host, Adula Sarah. And this week, to make Ooh. sure that we provide the best care possible, we decided to add a guest specialist to our team, Obstetrician Dave. Oh. How are you doing, guys? He's not a gynecologist, just an obstetrician? I don't. I just Googled birthing doctors, OB, and that one came up. So. But to be clear, before we even start, that was all made up. None of us have any medical background of any type, so please do not take anything we say as advice. So, Well, I have had two children. But still. <laughs> so I do know something. Well, okay, but but still, uh, I made it sound as though... But we, no, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, so that's good. But this week, like we said last week, we have a special guest. It is uh, Trivia Dave. He runs the trivia we go to and is a master distiller. Or a distiller... Is a master distiller a thing? Uh, yeah, there's no real, like, test you can take for it. Mm-hmm. So it just is up to the distillery... To decide. To call so, you a master? Yeah. So we have two distillers, and I'm one of them. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, hmm. either way, he is here to talk about Knocked Up, which was a film that he picked uh, for us to talk about this week. Was there a reason that you went with Knocked Up? I really liked the movie when it first came out. I probably saw it four or five times in that first year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and then just Apatow in general, I've gone back. You uh, just really like uh, that birth scene. <laughs> yeah, the crowning. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. They say that that, was, that scene specifically is why a couple actresses dropped out of yeah. it. I think it was Anne Hathaway. I was just reading about it. Yeah, Anne Hathaway, Drew Barrymore, Juliette Lewis, Rachel Lee Cook, Cameron Diaz, Claire Danes, Tiffany Thiessen, Josie Davis, Uma Thurman, and Renee Zellweger all dropped out. Or were booted out. So Heigl was like the ninth pick? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. So I got the DVD from the library and I watched all the extras with it Mm because I thought that would be something that would be worthwhile doing. And they talked about how when they got Catherine Heigl and Seth Rogen together, there was just like instant chemistry, which I don't know that I really would buy, especially after what you were saying. I think they just kind of ran out of people. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, that was from IMDb, so... I don't know where it's from. It, I don't know the accuracy of that statement. It, you know. Yeah. Well, the movie, people like it. It's got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 85% on Metacritic, and it's played on Comedy Central, I think, every so what, Saturday. What made you want to watch it four to five times? I mean, Katherine Heigl, I think at that point in my life, was like my number one. Like really? Crush. So. Funny you say that because this is the third Katherine Heigl movie we have done oh, wow. in nine episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so we also love Katherine so, Heigl here too. Katherine Heigl, we got a lot to talk about with her. She was our very first. I have a lot to talk about so with wait, her you boots, saw it in the too. You went to the theater four to five times and saw this? Probably. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of... I wouldn't see a lot of movies. Oh, okay. You know. Just saying nowadays, <laughs> I can't even... I don't even know if I go to a theater four to five times in a year anymore, so... You really mm. must have liked this movie quite it a bit. Was, it was a different time, 2007. Yeah. 
So is that all Apatow movies that you just really, really love? Like, have you seen Funny People tell 12 times? No, or? Funny People I only saw once. Uh, Super Bad, I've probably seen that one the most. That yeah. was probably yeah. like a reliable watch. Yeah. Did you watch Freaks and Geeks? Uh, I did when it was on, but I couldn't tell There's you the plot about episode, it anymore. There's only one episode or one season. Um, but all those guys are from Freaks and Geeks. Well, did you know that one of the friends in, in this... Um, was the kid from the geeky, the super geeky looking one from Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. Are you talking about Martin Starr? The one that did the 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 hobo hair challenge. Yeah, that's yeah. Martin Starr. Yeah, he I plays Bill. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I that's love... what I'm trying to tell you right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> okay, fully I guess aware. That, that was a revelation <laughs> for me when they said it on and the And they day. all kept their names, too, except if you notice. Seth, except, yeah, Seth except Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. And they said on, mm-hmm. on the uh, set, it kept messing him up because everybody would be using their Calling real names. Well, they, yeah, they, and they yeah. just said it messed him up pretty bad. That it was like, well, why does everybody else get their real names? Yeah. Have to be? You have to be bad. I'll say, at least for this, for the extra commentary stuff, the director's cut. Well, I'll, I'll make a confession right in the beginning. I kind of watched this movie. I kind of didn't. What I mean by that is that, no, I've seen it a ton on Comedy Central, and I don't know if I saw it in theaters, but I watched it with the director's commentary on. Okay. So I couldn't hear the audio. I could just hear it was uh, Bill Hader, Jed, Jed Apatow, mm-hmm. and Seth Rogen were doing the commentary. Oh, wow. And so I watched the movie, but I, the jokes aren't exactly fresh. And they kept coming back to... I, I say it's worth watching. It's funny. They told some good stories. I'll probably bring some up. But okay. they kept making Bill Hader go into his Al Pacino randomly throughout the movie. So they'd be like... So, uh, so Al Pacino, well, they kept making him do a lot of impressions, but his Al Pacino was like, funny. so Al, how many kids do you have in New York? Like, Ooh, Al Pacino, make sure to pull out or half the city of New York would be his children. <laughs> so that oh, no. was, uh, so I, that was a, that, it was a good extras there. So, so did you watch the rated R version or the unrated version? I watched the unrated version, but I'm kind of confused cause I don't, I don't, well, just I, more pictures of badges. Was that really, was or that about, a fake badge? Yeah. Well, because I, like I said, I was watching it with the director commentary going. So half the time I wasn't even looking at the screen. I was just uh, listening to the audio. So yeah. I, I really, when I say I watched it. The crowning, which incidentally, he wanted to use real footage, but that would have required a worker's permit for the yet to be born child. It had to be a SAG actor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. he couldn't do that. And it was some weird thing that he, he said the only way it could have even possibly worked <laughs> in a hypothetical sense would have been a woman would have had to have the baby baby be out do whatever paperwork put baby back in so like it literally it just paperwork wise isn't even possible yeah. for them to do it to have it you you can't be sag in the womb which right interesting yeah so that's uh, i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing though because like I don't really need to see a bunch of births all over the screen. Like, <laughs> I have a feeling that that's not what's like babies needing to be sag isn't what's stopping Hollywood from showing graphic births. You don't scenes. know. I'm pretty, it could be. I'm pretty confident that it probably wouldn't come up. People could have been putting a lot more in movies, but that stopped them. People like Al Pacino. <laughs> what would the baby's rider be? You know, like, yeah. Clean towels yeah. and milk, right. I guess. Yeah. A specific OB. Possibly. Would you have to have twins, actually? Because don't they usually film children's uh, scenes with twins? So, like, you can uh, only yeah. be on camera a certain amount For of time certain, yeah, and like then six hours yeah. to come back on. Hours. They did say, I mean, not exactly that, but at one point it was supposed to be a boy and then not a girl that they have. Oh. And that 
they shot all the scenes at the end where they're showing like them as a family and all that. They mm-hmm. shot it with a boy and a girl and they all liked the footage of the boy better because oh. he like loved Seth Rogen. They're like, the girl was good. She just wouldn't, she was, she wasn't a motive in anything except like one last shot. So they just, huh. Judd Apatow is kind of going on about like kind of how he wished that they'd use the boy. Well, why did they for choose? I forget. It was some plot element that they just liked better outfit. Huh. Okay. I don't remember that. I wasn't really paying that close attention. Because girls are cool. Possibly. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in movies now, it's always a girl mm-hmm. coming out. Oh, really? Well, I mean, in the office, like, oh, I'm oh, yeah, a yeah. girl. And... I just watched that this afternoon, oddly enough. Dude. Really? <laughs> that specific episode? No. It, it was on Comedy Central this weird. afternoon as I was hungover watching it. So mm-hmm. it's weird that you should bring that up. Girls are better. Of course, Judd Apatow like always has all his buddies in this, like you said. Yeah. He has his wife in it. I think Leslie Mann is awesome. Yeah, in it. she's so great. Yeah, and, and both their kids. And both their kids. Yeah, and they said that they would let the kids start talking and just then out mm-hmm. uh, like the kids would ad lib and then they would take that and f- like basically write around it and film the adults reacting so the kids didn't have lines yeah it was basically just like do they some improvised st- it well the one, whole- the one thing she murder. said i googled yeah. murder yeah that's so that funny. was an ad lib on her part uh, but yeah apparently. apparently and judd apatow was going yeah i learned that my that's uh, when i learned some of what my daughter had been googling she also admitted oh that she googled God. penis and vagina <laughs> Oh, jeez. Um, Emma and her cousin, my stepmom, found her iPad this morning and looked at the search history. They'd been Googling naked Ed Sheeran and naked, oh, boy. naked, naked Zendaya. And, and I... She t- <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and well, she texted me and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I said, honestly, I don't think any of... I don't think any of us wants to see Naked Ed and Sheeran, including them. Like Maybe coming up on Google is like one result. Yeah. Like, yeah. The She's only like, luckily Googling there were naked no Ed Naked Sheeran. Ed Sheeran yeah. pictures, but nobody wants to see that. Like that's they're gonna find those pictures and be like, Well, we shouldn't have looked at that. Uh Naked Ed Sheeran took me point four three seconds to find out that there are one point three million results. So wow. just for but naked. But none of them are naked. Um, just shirtless well Ed Sheeran uh, Ed Sheeran loses three stones for a naked photo shoot so apparently three stones is a crap ton of money Ed Sheeran a stone is 14 pounds he didn't look well for a while though I mean he he looked like he was getting a little doughy so jeez yeah there's a lot of responses and gained a cocaine habit no just kidding Ed Sheeran does naked photo shoot for AIDS charity Ed Sheeran poses naked for charity good that two six year olds are looking at all of that well and that there's at least there's a lot of you know options for him (laughs) you know (laughs) they can do a lot to see a lot of tattoos so what is that conversation like afterwards I we haven't brought it up And she can't hear us because she has her headphones on. So then do you do you bring that up? Is that an awkward... Eventually, yeah. Like eventually when she's 18 and you just want to embarrass her? Or... No, like it'll come up. Like next time she spends the night at their house, I'll be like, you cannot Google... Naked Ed Sheeran. Yeah. yeah, that's just not appropriate. <laughs> and my stepmom didn't put parental controls on it at all either. So it was like total free for all. So then when we leave here, are you going to go through her iPad search history? And oh, just, no. I have lots let... of parental controls. There's no way she can do that. She doesn't but even have can't... access to, the, as to a browser. Uh, okay. I would just be curious to see like what she was trying to kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. God, I shudder to think if mm-hmm. when I was younger, if my parents even had any idea of how to look at that stuff because it was 
pretty probably along the same lines of just yeah. like so-and-so boob so in the miley cyrus <laughs> side boob <laughs> except it just didn't happen for us when we were six there was no internet mm-hmm. okay so should we actually dig into knocked up at some point <laughs> yeah probably you can keep going on search histories if you want <laughs> well, do you have any good search history yeah, i'm not sure well, what i mean found. did you ever get caught by your parents not search that I'm history? A, well not that i'm aware no. of because they never addressed it with me but i have okay. no doubt that they may have do you did you i'm assuming well yeah so I remember getting a virus and early um, on you could kind of Google around, clear cookies, delete history. Yeah. yeah. But this one redirected Internet Explorer to sexpatriot.com. Oh. And no matter what I did, that was popping up. So <laughs> no. I because uh, there's nothing more patriotic than Uncle Sam or sexy than Uncle Sam. Yeah, what what would sex patriot be? Is it just like nude Uncle Sam? Nude Uncle Sam? Yeah, that's basically. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I like Uncle the pit Samantha. in my stomach was just insane. Like because I had like four just hours a... before like it was gonna be found out. So, oh, so you're no. under I was like trying to scheme and everything, and um, so I what came up with do? the excuse that just I was trying it. to do a uh, like a White House project whitehouse.com yeah. is a porn site yeah and so that was my excuse did and they my, buy it well my dad had to call his friend over who knew about computers and basically had to do like a full reset on it oh. and was, they never brought it up like so what were you looking at or yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of wonder with some of those if it's like it's just as awkward for them to bring it up as you so you kind of wonder how much stuff you really got away with when you were younger because they didn't want to deal with Hmm. addressing like the awkwardness way yeah. more looking back at it oh i'm you positive have to be i was 13 and my dad had a yellow legal pad with uh, topics to bring up and uh that was one of the most awkward conversations i've ever had with someone did he oh, then no. did he hand you your own yellow legal pad to take notes <laughs> <laughs> son i've got this set of pencils for you to make sure that you're ready <laughs> uh yeah it was like 30 minutes of him just kind of like going by topic by topic and then like any questions and i was like i'm 13 so not really like, <laughs> i'm barely scratching the surface of what masturbation is yeah <laughs> as brian would say yeah. those parts don't work yet maybe harold Ramis should have had the sex talk with seth rogan sooner we don't yeah. even know if they had a sex talk i mean he obviously played it he pretty fast pretty... and loose with the condom well yeah but he seemed like a pretty aware dad. Uh-huh. Until he says, why'd you listen to me? Listen to me. I've been married three times. Yeah, so. really. <laughs> I don't know what to yeah. tell you. You're like, whoops. So Knocked Up is a 2007 romantic comedy. Big surprise on that by Judd Apatow starring Seth Rogen and Katherine Heigl. Sarah, how does this movie even start? Considering I was listening to a director's commentary. Starts with a Buster Rhymes song. Nope. Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, shit. It starts with a (laughs) Wu-Tang Clan song (laughs) and flaming boxing gloves and wrestling and a dance party in a disgusting half-filled pool at the dude's house at Seth Rogen's house with all his roommates, which shows a decided shift between his life and that of Catherine. And Heigl, who's on her way to work with her sister's two children. <laughs> I think this pack of guys, I mean, they're all friends in real life. These guys would be awesome to hang out with. Yeah. I mean, this, they talk about themselves being, you know, losers or whatever here and there throughout the movie. Like, I don't think so at all. Best part of this movie for me, what too. What are you talking about? They are such wieners. I love them. The best yeah, part about it for Yeah, they're fun and they're funny, and that's what appeals to guys, but like. And I, a guy, it is appealing to. But like. Then when this situation comes up, it's like they're totally useless, which is the point. 
I mean, well, not entirely. The juxtaposition between them is part of the comedy. Well, my favorite, my favorite part of that group is Jason Siegel. I know, and they, they Judd he's Ap- so creepy. And Judd Apatow said he, Jason Siegel, wanted to play it kind of creepy, and he didn't yeah. know how if it would work. And he's like, "All right, we'll try it, but if it may not work, oh my god!" There was a deleted scene. It was the only deleted scene worth a damn. But it was. Uh, uh, Seth Rogen's in his bedroom like right after he found out he got a girl pregnant and Jason Siegel's laying on the bed and, like he's asleep and he kind of wakes up and looks at him and he just starts having a conversation with him about you know based on how old you know your kid's gonna be when I'm 40 she's gonna be 18 and like they have a whole conversation about if he can date Seth Rogen's kid <laughs> and it was so funny he's <laughs> like well you just promise me you're not gonna date my kids like okay here, here's what we're gonna do why don't we put we don't, we'll agree to that. We'll agree to that that I won't date your kid, but then we'll have a we'll have we'll have a sixty dollar bet on the side that I do sleep with your kid. <laughs> I don't know why the scene got cut. It was the funniest thing. It was so funny. So yeah, then Catherine Heigl works at E. She mm-hmm. she's a producer. Apatow said he tried. He gave her the job because he wanted to figure out the job that would mess someone up. He thought would be perceived as pregnancy messing someone up the most from, like her getting pregnant and being a very E and having to be very. In, in shape and uh-huh. good looking and all that stuff yeah, so that's why he gave okay. her the job he was like I wanted something that seems like it would make someone's world crash around them type of thing hmm. so she's a reporter does she, she get a promotion well they ask her yeah she's a producer and then that day they ask her to become a reporter Alan Tudyk and Kirsten God Kristen Wig, yeah ask her to be a reporter but Kristen Wig is like <laughs> undermining everything <laughs> Tight. Yeah. yeah. Alan Tuning in his audition, that is what he ad-libbed as his audition. Oh. And they said in the thing, we had two choices. We could either rip off his routine <laughs> or, and then have him pissed off at us and possibly get sued or hire, or him, hire him and him. use his bit. That tight yeah. thing was him improving. Then Kristen Wiig wasn't in the script originally. It was supposed to be a man. And then they thought it'd just be funny to have a woman that hates women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, th- so I, thought they were, I thought they were funny. Yeah, I, she's like, don't lie to us. This we don't this like movie it. is littered with shows that I like, ghosts <laughs> of shows that I won't watch because I don't want my heart broken. Let me explain. Uh, okay. So like Freaks and Geeks. I've seen a couple episodes, but I won't sit down and watch it because I know it was one season. Hmm. It was good and it yeah. never really got resolved. Same yeah. thing with Firefly is I know I'll love yeah. it. I will not sit down and watch it because it's like a, it's almost like getting, you know, like a, like it's a better to have loved and lost. Than they never do to have, have a movie that kind of wraps it up though. Do they? Firefly. But does it really wrap it up or does it feel like hurried? Uh, no, there, I think there was enough of a break where they kind of hmm. resolved the story. And maybe I'll get to that, but it's just. It's worth a watch. I shy, I shy away from the things that I know. It's like buying a puppy, and you know that puppy's going to make you so happy, but you know the dog's going to die one day. And I just, I don't know. You're basically buying heartbreak in 10 to 15 years. And that's what I'm scared will happen if I watch Firefly. (laughs) (laughs) At least now I know there's a movie to to kind of wrap it up. So what's your minimum number of seasons that you'll be like, all right, this is okay for me to watch? Usually I like to hit at least three because they start hitting their stride. But even Star Trek Enterprise hit three and was like finding its stride and then got canceled. And that even almost made me matter that I'd spent three seasons watching a thing develop and that it was really good at some point. Arrested. (sighs) Yeah. Arrested. But someone forced me to watch a bunch of that. I didn't have a say in that. I'm glad they did. Um, (laughs) It's just like we talked about the two seasons of that were just bottled lightning. And then three was okay. Four was uh, five is better. 
I watched the remix version of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot better. Yeah. For the fourth season. Yeah. I, I agree as well. I'm mad though. The fifth season that they cut it in half. Yeah. Put half of it out. Like I'm no. just done. Like, I just, I just, they're never going to get it back. Well, I thought the biggest advantage of Arrested Development when it was on network where they were all 22 minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they had to yeah. trim away all the fat, all the jokes mm-hmm. that didn't work mm-hmm. and just the it pacing so of it. Good. Oh yeah, the pacing on it was just boom, 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 boom. Absolutely. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they need to tighten it up. Yeah, um, it just gets weird and super jumpy, and it's kind of dark because now they don't have ratings to worry about or notes from the network. You almost have to be more creative with some of the jokes if you have, right? You know, yeah. what's with the re- yeah restrictions make you kind of jump through hoops and mm-hmm. get more creative with things. It's yeah, the free reign. In some interviews, he he's even admitted that he's forgotten plot points from prior seasons, like yeah. maybe and. George Michael got married. Yeah, and, and, and it AM- totally dropped off. Yeah, and at AMA, he was just <laughs> like, yeah, we kind of just forgot that we did that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Catherine Heigl, she gets promoted. She needs to tighten it up. And the, then she goes the back to Leslie Mann's house where she sleeps in the pool house. And... So what does Paul Rudd do? He's a music executive. Yeah, but he has an incredible house in out LA. in Beverly yeah. Hills, yeah. it looks like, yeah. which is... $10 million? Oh, yeah, at least. And with a giant pool house. And, yeah. And his wife presumably does nothing. It doesn't seem like she has a job outside the home. But he's still, that's what also confused me is that music executive makes all that money, but he's still the one pound, like in yeah, theory, pounding the pavement and, and going to concerts at night. Like yeah. that didn't. Sure. Maybe they address it in the, what, This is 40? I never saw that, but that's like a loose prequel to that or oh, sequel it? to this. It's, hmm. it's, I think it's supposed to be the same characters of okay. those two. Maybe they address it there, but I haven't seen it. Well, I think it's funny that Katherine Heigl sleeps in her sister's pool house and in the movie she was in with Gerard Butler, The Ugly Truth, he, he sleeps, sleeps in his house. sister's pool house. Is that a become is that a rom com trope then? That it you're could kind of be. a little bit of a deadbeat. Why does she so she works at E though? I yeah. didn't get this either. She works at E, is on TV, is is seen, so it's not like mm-hmm. she's making fifteen grand a year. Like she's probably making decent money, but she's living I'm in a pool house. I'm assuming she moved out there and was trying to get her feet under her. But wouldn't she she's on TV at that point. But that just happened and then she got pregnant that night. So she didn't really have Like time. I said, didn't really kind of. I watched the movie but with Judd Apatel talking. Yeah, because so. they went out because she got that promotion. They went out that night to a club and somehow stumbled their way into the group of guys with mm. Seth Rogen. And I don't know why she found him appealing other than she was drunk. And, you know, Leslie Mann had to go home because... Somebody barfed or something. I can't remember what. And left. And she's like, "Are you okay here?" And she like left her with Seth Rogen. <laughs> no, I think her kid might have had chicken pox. And then Jason Siegel goes, "I've had chicken pox three times." Or yeah, something. like I'm completely <laughs> inoculated from it. No, he's like, "I'm not inoculated from oh, it. Right. I, I keep getting it. Well, I have way, no immunity." Yeah, so they're at the bar, and something that is always in a movie, mm-hmm. but is never in real life, are the people shouting at the bartenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Seth Rogen's shouting at the bartender who's ignoring him, and then Heigl mm-hmm. comes up and starts, you know, I've never trying to seen be... anyone shout at a bartender, but I have been in that line where you're just standing at the bar forever, watching the bartender down the other end of the bar, and you're like, please, God. And then some girl cuts in front of you, and you're like, God 
damn it. Well, it's a poorly staffed bar. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I have been with a guy that didn't want to wait on the bartender to respond to what he needed. So he just reached over and grabbed the soda gun and started topping his own drink off. And just like the guy looked at him was like, same as in this movie, like, what the hell are you doing? He was like, he didn't get kicked out. No, no, we kept drinking. It was like a terror. They made a terrible Long Island. It just was all sugar and it just needed cut with something. So through this whole movie, they keep stressing that Seth Rogen has knocked one out of the ballpark. <laughs> I don't think he is that bad of a... Even the DVD cover says, what would you do if this man got you pregnant? I don't think he's that bad looking. Is he? Yeah. He is? Mm-hmm. Seth, I'm on your side, man. Like, <laughs> He's gotten better looking, I think, as he's gotten older. But I don't compared agree. to her? I mean, but I don't think it's like... It's not like he's. It's uh, very incongruous. Uh, she was, a, or he was a six on a good day. And yeah. She's a nine and a half on a bad day. <laughs> yeah. All right. I I'm not saying they're I in think the same he's league, lost, but he's, he's not lost an weight as he's gotten older, and he's just. I get compared you know. to Seth Rogen sometimes. So. Really. Mm-hmm. Huh. I used to weigh a lot more too, though. Well, that would help. Uh, he's not like an ogre. It's not like he has a. Well, it's not just that. It's also that he has no job. He smokes pot all the time. Mm, does he have no job? Because I think he's an entrepreneur. Okay. And he has no real prospects. You know, he's just kind of floating. Which 23-year-olds do. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just... Wait, he's supposed to be 23 in this movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh... I think he is close to that age. Really? Well, Siegel would be the biggest. Well, you were saying when he was 40... She'd be 18, oh, so yeah, that you're would right. make him so 22. Would be 20, yeah. mm-hmm. He does not look 22. No. no. He was, he's, he, he is 36 right now, Seth Rogen is. And, this and that movie was 11 was, years ago, so 25. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. He doesn't, yeah. he, doesn't he doesn't look healthy for 25. See? Okay. Well, all right. And there, you want me there over. There you go. <laughs> uh, so they're at the bar, and, and do you think it was weird for Judd Apatow to see the chemistry between Paul Rudd, or not Paul Rudd, Jason Siegel and his wife? <laughs> I Anytime they were talking, oh my God. I think you how, just thought it was hilarious. How he'd shoot her like little winks and shit throughout mm-hmm. the movie. That Every single time, that just had me in absolute stitches. I cannot get Jason enough of that Siegel. character. He's just such a different character in so many of his films. He's much more sensitive and, you know thoughtful like i think about like forgetting sarah marshall or even in freaks and geeks you know he's an idiot but he's got the sensitive size side and in this movie he's like the <laughs> rico suave like creepy i dude. i wish i had cut the audio from this scene of him laying on his bed talking to him it was <laughs> so uncomfortable and funny Aww. it was just I, and I can't even imagine what that was like kind of pitching it like, okay, well, you want to be like just a little creepy. It's not, oh, it's not crazy creepy. It's just enough where you're like, is that okay? What he's doing? I don't know about that. Uh, so either way, they end up getting way drunk. They have fun together. They leave and they go back to her pool house and have sex and he does mm-hmm. not put on a condom. And then he it, tries to, he, tr- he right. definitely tries to. She's like, come on already, just do it. Which I don't think of as like, just do me. Yeah. Also, I don't know that I've ever been in a position where I'm like, I'm going to take the time to put the condom on. That's all I'm saying. I mean, he just met this woman, you know. Well, he doesn't know what's going on down there. She could have herpes. She could have herpes. You always go back to herpes. Never been kissed. Uh, Don't have to worry about herpes. And then they cut to showing the egg, like separating at that point, I think. Mm -hmm. Or is that in a minute? That's the embryo. You need an egg point. and a sperm to create an but embryo. But doesn't that cut eight weeks later after that? No. Does it? Wait, what? 
I so, thought you were asking about human development. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no it's not the eight weeks. Scene of the movie. Yeah, so if you could explain to us, yes, the sperm eight, in the eight egg. weeks later. Yeah. Well, when a, two people really love each other, or not, in this instance, they in fact don't. Well, they do have his, her Apatow's kid try and explain how she thinks pregnancy works. Oh my works. god, that was if, hilarious! And knowing that that was ad lib. <laughs> What is going on in that kid's head? They're like, you're exactly right. And then the egg, and it get, and blood's everywhere, and you crack the egg. And... Something about a belly button. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are always and thinking then, the belly button's involved. And then the stork comes. Yeah. Hokey dokey. And then there's blood. Is this where he's like talking to his buddies and bragging about it, or is that already happened? Okay, either way, she realizes yeah. she's pregnant a little bit she later. She has to call him. When, but with when she's with uh, one of Bill Hader's two scenes in this movie, mm-hmm. they were going to put Bill Hader as one of his friends, I guess, but they didn't think he could pass for the age. Yeah, they thought he was too old. I mean, Bill Hader <laughs> does look a little older. I love Bill Hader in anything he's in. <laughs> and then they have that really awkward ADR scene where it closes in on her, and you can just you can tell it was recorded afterwards. Like, I don't know, what does she look like? Oh, yeah, she looks like a woman that just realized she's pregnant. That's my Bill Hader. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Okay, but before that, uh, when they go for the whole pregnancy test, you know, mm-hmm. scene, would you ever buy 40 pregnancy Number one, tests? I wrote that down. How you do not run through the store. You do not need right. to run. There's no running through well, the store. Well, what if there was a rush on pregnancy tests no. that day? Number two, no, you do not need to buy that many. Are there that many different kinds of them? Oh, yes, the there store? are. Okay. There are like five or six different it, kinds. I was also curious yeah. how it, they were, those are expensive, apparently. Mm, I've never like 20, looked. 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, they were showing like 20, 30 dollars. And mm-hmm. she bought how many of them? It, it honestly looked like they dropped 500 dollars on pregnancy tests. <laughs> I wouldn't go that at far. Least. There well, are dollar store pay. pregnancy tests. Are there? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, they're more expensive if you get ones that include two or you get like the early response ones that you know can detect the smallest amount of hcg and paul rudd walks in on them all doing the them doing the pregnancy <laughs> yeah. test it's like Ugh. yeah and leslie mann takes one starts freaking out like oh my god that would just ruin my life oh my god i'm so so glad i'm not pregnant that scared me <laughs> yeah that would suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well okay so but really quick if we're gonna go back if we're gonna go back they have this incredibly awkward breakfast after their one night stand Mm. when it's clear that they have nothing in common like not only is he not attractive and she's super attractive they just they're talking to each other and it's clear she's trying to give him a chance Mm -hmm. and there's nothing about them that's compatible yeah and so then she finds out she's pregnant. If that's me and I have a job at E and I'm doing well, I'm not contacting that guy. You're not contacting the guy at all? Mm-mm. You're not even giving him a heads up? No. Oh, okay. I I just, it's like, well, I mean, maybe I would, I would be guilted into giving him a heads up. Maybe. But I would be pretty clear, like, this is my deal. If I even contacted him at all, maybe I'm being too harsh, but... I'm she not... does have to contact him through the website, Flesh, Flesh of the Stars. Yeah, exactly. If that's my only way to contact him, fuck you. I'm not contacting you. Sorry. Yeah, they didn't even exchange phone numbers. That's a He doesn't off. have a cell phone because he doesn't have money. That's part of the script. So uh, if you do go to Flesh of the Stars. I Star- did. Flesh- it's a porn site. No, it's not just a porn site. Mr. Skin bought it. So oh, did Fle- they? Flesh of the Stars forwards you Mr. to Mr. Skin. Skin. It didn't forward me to Mr. Skin. I'm definitely on Mr. Skin right now, by the way. Where I'm on did your I internet. go? Great. 
So, oh wow, look, it's right there out in the open. Is there mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran pictures on Mr. Skins? <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, let me actually see. Is there, let me see if they're actually. I'm in sure, there. there are some Zendaya ones. That's what I'm more afraid of. Well, here's the thing. It looks like Mr. Skin is very female centric. Really. I mean, it's pulling up all women, but I'm trying to find my way to the ease. No, it doesn't appear listed in here that they have any Ed. Hmm. Ed Sheeran. Search continues. Back to my point about Catherine Heigl. And then she goes through this series of ridiculous things with him. She gives him so many chances. And I just keep thinking, why? Like, why? Well, because she wants... I, I assume that she wants like the nuclear family type of thing, and also it's a lot to take on by yourself. I mean, I I'm yeah, surprised you saying sister. that you I'm surprised you're saying that you wouldn't tell him. That actually does surprise me. Hmm. I figure you would let someone know. I'd heads rather up. not deal with. I've that. also I've often wondered in that scenario. Well, not often wondered. That's a bit of an you just you just but, burdening yourself with another child. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can see what you're saying. I have wondered in in just playing a kind of a mind game myself, like if I would want to know if it was a scenario like this where the yeah. girl would would want to take care of it, would not want me actively involved. I have kind of wondered, like, would I even want to know and know it's out there? Would I not want to know? Right. The coward in me says I'd not want to know, but <laughs> the adult in me says like, no, you got to be responsible and you would want to know. She also doesn't have any other friends in the movie. Yeah. So really, she only has her sister and Paul Rudd. So and her mom, who seems unpleasant. Well, and even the other characters she does interact with, it's always a little (laughs) cold. Like uh, the wardrobe lady she interacts with, there's like nothing there. I think Ryan Seacrest would be her best friend in the movie, other than her sister. Right. He's a great friend. He was awesome in that. As someone who watches Ryan and Kelly every morning since I've been home with the baby. I love seeing him in this. They said that he he wasn't going to be in it originally, and they were just filming at E, and he was kind of there, so they hmm. went with it, and that anything Judd Apatow told him to say, he would say without question. That's and funny. So they were seeing him at E, the way they started building it before they even asked him was they saw how busy he was, and that he oh, really was. One that he was just like, if someone wasn't there, he was like, why isn't this person on time? Like, can they, mm-hmm. Are you not an adult? Can you not do this? So they did all that. And hmm. I really thought for someone that isn't like an actor exactly, I mm-hmm. thought he was super funny. That- and he said, because he's my close personal friend now, <laughs> he has said that he is a terrible actor. And they have to do these promos with Kelly. Like they did all these promos before the Oscars where they pretended they were in famous movies. And he's like, it was terrible. And my palms were sweating and I hated it. And Kelly's like, come on, it's fun. 2007 was also peak Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> no. In popularity, still yeah, I would, so no, high. I, yeah, but I'd argue, that's when he was getting like the that was like American Idol kind of at its peak. That was like I feel like he blew four up four hour radio like, show. Uh, he was taken over still, for Dick like, Clark. Now he's doing. Now he's got all that. Like I feel like it was a few years later because he like cemented himself as like the new Dick Clark. And I have this radio show, and I do. American Idol and I have Producer all this going on. Producer, I'm keeping on. up with the Kardashians. Yeah, and I made the Is Kardashians. He? Oh yeah, he, he basically made like, the Kardashians. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> huh, I don't know how that. I don't know how he does it. Just keeping up that workload. I, I can barely keep my life together, and I mean, I have nothing going on, and That's I true. and I barely can keep time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, if you had an assistant, if you have a driver, you get a new routine. Yeah. You know, idle for him was, I'm sure, just like any other job. I don't know how much that dude's worth? Oh, so much money. Four hundred and I was going to say five hundred million because he's a producer on so many things. That's where you make a lot of. How money. old do you think, Ryan? Let's start with he's that. Forty-two. Before, really? Forty-six. Oh no, Kelly's forty-two. He's forty-six. He's forty. He looks great. December twenty-four. He is. He is worth an estimated. What was your guess? Four hundred twenty million. What's your guess? Five hundred. Three hundred eighty million. Okay. Oh, that's okay. a lot. I mean, yeah. it's more than David Bowie. It's, it's an more, empire. It's a hell of a lot more than me. <laughs> Tell you that much. <laughs> and he took over for Dick Clark. He is the new Dick Clark. He is. So she. So either he's she the dealt, only one that these Me Too allegations hasn't stuck to. Did he have one against him? Yeah. Really. Former makeup artist. Really. And everyone was like, no. <laughs> he did it a whole investigation. Oh, really? And everyone was just like, "Sorry, no, this is not." Is he married? No, he's dating Shayna. She's a model. You do know a lot about Ryan Seacrest. Every freaking morning, they're my friends. They're my morning friends. It's like this. This is all I have going on. I raise a child and I watch Ryan and Kelly. So, would you call him more of a Dick Clark or more of a Regis Philbin? Or Dick Clark, pretty much the same. Regis. Regis. Regis was a little more of a character. Dick Clark's more like America's sweetheart. <laughs> We're really he, getting off. Is that. he dead or is he still struck out? Dick Clark or yeah. he died. Dick Clark's dead. Okay. I think Regis first Regis he had a stroke and was kind of and they dragged him for one last. Yeah. Well, he oh, did yeah. that. He really wanted to be on there because yeah. he owned the show. Yeah. And it was very awkward. Yeah. And Regis Philbin's alive though, right? Yeah. Yes. He's, he's got to be what eighty. I'm, I think 80, he's closer to 90. 84. I'm going to say 87. Regis Philbin is 86. Huh? 86. Born looking in the good. Bronx. Yeah. Not yeah. looking too bad. He enjoys. Regis Philbin. Uh, Regis. So, they, so she tells him. Oh, I loved his reaction when she told him. She took him to a dinner. Wait. Or, we're, we not there yet? we're not on Ryan anymore. Now no, we're, we're talking about we're back to the movie. Ben, yeah, yeah, I'm back to the movie. You got to say who the him is. Oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> him is Seth Rogen in the film. When Catherine Heigl tells it, so before they meet though, it shows her calling him, and his friends are like doing air miming, like yeah. having sex with his head and all of that, because they think he's going to get a second hookup. Mm-hmm. And they, well, meet. she goes, "I really need to see you," and he's right like, away. Game "He's like, on. how about nine o'clock?" And she's like, "How about six? <laughs> so then they end up meeting. Needs more time for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> they end up meeting at the geisha house, and his reaction when she says she's pregnant. They said they filmed a, a bunch of different reactions. His reaction, I think, is exactly what mine would be. It's just like. Fuck you. Was it, fu- was it fuck off or was it fuck you? I think it's fuck off. Yeah, it was fuck, like, fuck off. Yeah. There is a sly like little thing where he goes, oh, I didn't think we would need a reservation. Like, sorry, it took so long to like, even sit <laughs> yeah, down. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. Classic. And so then they start arguing and back and forth. And Apatow said he actually eased off the throttle a little bit with the dialogue. Because in test screenings, people were shocked that she would give him another chance after yeah. he was so rude. So they actually kind of eased off on the dialogue there. Hmm. And then he's kind of like, all right, well, let's figure this out and all that. And hmm. they end up, you know, then trying to get to know each other going forward. Yeah. And a big chunk of the movie just kind of flows together for me. Like, in a, yeah. you know, just them getting to know each other. She hangs yeah, around. Yeah, I wrote, does this movie last <laughs> forever? I saw that there were still 83 minutes left. And I was like... What is happening? It's like a two-hour movie. I mean, yeah. for a romantic comedy, it's that's a it's long. It's a classic Apatow. 
Yeah, probably 20 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. As far as Apatow movies go, Funny People should have been two movies with the second one completely thrown out. The yeah. first half of it was good. Yeah. And then for some reason, they just kept going with... Was that his... Was Leslie Mann in that too? Yeah. Wasn't she the mm-hmm. romantic lead? Mm-hmm. She's good. I think she's a fantastic actress. In this too, she acted as the... Uh, like the birth consultant type of thing. So if Catherine Heigl, when she was yelling, she was mm-hmm. like telling her. Like, the pain trying... advisor. Yeah. yeah. I love Harold Ramis so much. I Harold love Ramis is that he was in that. And he, so great. Oh, and he played the role great. And so, and, and I yeah, like... he plays with the kids outside and they're watching him. They're like, he's playing fetch with our daughter. <laughs> I've done that with a baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead on serious. I had a, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, we went to a relative's house for Thanksgiving and we didn't know what to do. And the kid was like, just, you know, like two or three, like it could walk, <laughs> but you know, it was two or three year old. Like what, mm-hmm. what, I don't have anything in common with that baby. What are we going to talk about? Like SpongeBob SquarePants or something. So right. he would bring us stuff. So we did, we just, she and I just sat there playing fetch with them for probably 20 minutes. Cause we didn't know what else to do. So we were just throwing a ball across the room mm-hmm. and go get it and bring it back. And it works. Yeah. Okay, so then they go through like a million OBGYNs because she doesn't like any of them. And this is Ken Jong's first role because he was a real doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he tried to get into acting. Obviously, he did get into acting. Yeah. He went to what, Duke or did he work at Duke? Something like that. I mean, he was a very successful doctor. Yeah. Going like, through the doctors too, though, he mentioned how when his wife and he would go to doctors and maybe Brian would be the better one to ask about this, but he said that he noticed doctors before they were, and this is his phrasing of it, um, before the doctors was about to enter his wife or whatever, like get in there, they'd always kind of like look at him and give him like an I'm sorry look before they go and do That's it. That's weird. Well, and if you know, if you look in the movie, the very first doctor that shows them the, what's it called, sonogram, just, mm-hmm. he does that. He kind of looks at him as like, and then... Hmm. goes to that's the noise it makes that's great uh, how weird is that experience of like just picking a birthing doctor i would think that would be super like they made it seem very awkward this movie. yeah that doesn't happen it doesn't okay no because you go to a gynecologist once a year so you you from the time you're supposed to from the time you're 18 have a practice that you're already in that usually has multiple doctors and you have one but you go every year and then you either stick with that doctor or assigned a doctor in that practice as your OBGYN fully realizing that if that doctor isn't on call and you're not having that baby during normal business hours, you're not going to get that doctor. Okay. Cause they made it seem like this was a real process to pick a doctor and then that it was a big deal. Maybe she just, we don't know. Maybe she just moved to town. She hasn't set up an OBGYN. Okay, just... but that part did not ring true to life. No. Thought. Okay, because that made having a baby seem Mm-mm. even worse to me than it already seems. No, I love that Loudon Rain. Oh my gosh. Loudon Wainwright is her final doctor. He What's sings... funny is if you pay attention in that scene where he's saying, nothing. I don't do anything. What? He what? <laughs> you have nothing to say about Loudon Wainwright. What's Loudon Wayne? The doctor. Loudon Wayne telling, is the doctor. I'm telling you a story about Loudon Wayne in the film. <sighs> you don't, you say he, and we don't know who the he is ever. Loudon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were still talking about Ben. Loudon Wayne. Right. In his office. Loudon Wainwright. <laughs> Loudon Wainwright. He is saying to Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl, I don't mm. go on vacation. I don't take, yeah. do any of that. Did you look around his office? 
if you look around his office in he's that got scene, a bunch of stuff. he has a bunch of pictures of him <laughs> on vacation That's all hilarious. around the office behind it. That's funny. Which I thought was a very clever, kind of subtle, and subtle nod. Sings. I've been in the Caribbean once when I was 14. Didn't, didn't like it. Yeah, didn't and care for it. His beach photos. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> Well, so, he sings the movie, or he sings the song "That's My Daughter in the Water," which is at the end, the end credits. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, okay. He sings that. Yeah. Which, incidentally, our friends Tom and Colleen, when they got married, they gave everyone a CD, like a mixed CD of the songs that they like. Were they all bootleg? Probably. <laughs> like I wouldn't put that past Tom at all. And one of those songs was "That's My Daughter in the Water" because that's what Colleen danced with her dad to, and we listened to that on the way home from Chicago. Aww. And now. Brian can never not sing that song. All it's like a running joke of Brian, just like "That's my daughter in the water," like all the time. He's released twenty six studio albums. Wow! Oh yeah, that is a prolific career. And he has two kids that are musicians. Really? As well? No relation relationship to Rufus. No, that's his uh. son. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> he was also in Forty Year Old Virgin. Uh huh. Played a priest. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Huh. So he's been in things. You don't know Loudon Wainwright? I don't. I I mean, I'm making it pretty clear that I'm unaware of Loudon Wainwright. Loudon Wainwright? Loud. What is in my... (laughs) Dryer sheet. I just pulled a dryer sheet out of the shirt I've been wearing for two hours that was hidden in the shoulder. This is my... This is when I said I don't know how Ryan Seacrest does it because I can't keep together. I just pulled a dryer sheet out of a shirt I've been wearing. Well, Ryan Seacrest probably doesn't drink... An entire Nalgene of vodka <laughs> the day before. Yeah, uh, to anyone listening, sorry if I sound a little bit out of it, but uh, here in Columbus, we have a wonderful event called ComFest, which stands for Community Festival, where you go and you see local musicians and local artists, and you drink a Nalgene bottle of vodka while you're at it. You That's gotta the bring Columbus, it with you. It's the Columbus tradition, and not a lot of people are going to tell you about this. It's just kind of a thing you have to learn mm-hmm. about. Um, but Make sure you get a BPA-free Nalgene. I don't know if I paid the extra I'm price for that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. I probably did it. So. <laughs> it's probably like 15 years old. It's actually not that old. Oh. Um, I do always, when I put things in it, I try to, if it's in there longer than a day, I try to just dump it out because for some reason that makes sense in my head. Hmm. I don't know if that works. I could probably kill a lot of stuff in there. You would think. I don't know. The BPA still leaches in. Yeah. It's not a bacteria. You well, have, the You have the cancer. The vodka's gone. It, it's gone. <laughs> so that's not a concern at this point. Like that's, that's uh, done. So they meet, they find their doctor. They found their doctor. Their OBGYN. Their OBGYN. Can I go off on one more tangent? I would love for you okay. to do one more tangent. Um, my friend from high school, Beth Stelling, she's a stand up comedian in LA. She has this joke where she calls her doctor, her OB guy or OB one Ganobi. <laughs> which I really like. And I hope someday Beth will be on this podcast. But until then, I'll just keep retelling her jokes. Yeah. Hey, Beth, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. We'll have some fun. Uh, does she still, does she have family still lives in Ohio? Oh, yeah. Oh, then she'll be back. Oh, she's coming. To, she's performing tonight oh. in Columbus right now. And you sh- should have called her and had her. We could have had two guests. I probably should have gone. But we need to record, guys. It's important. We Where are is record. she performing at? Uh, that's a great question. It's the like vagina tour or something? That's not a location. Let me look. <laughs> Just hold on. That's what the name of the tour is. I like to think we could have a... I mean, we're cultured enough in Columbus. We could have a place just called the Vagina Tour. Like a coffee shop. Lady Parts Justice League. Summer Comedy Tour. Columbus, Ohio. Ace of Cups. Vagina... Vagical Mystery Tour. <laughs> well, 
Well, you have an ale trail. Now we have a vagina tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're moving up in the yeah. world, it sure seems like. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so now that they have their their ob gy genobi ob one genobi ob one genobi <laughs> now that they've got that they continue to kind of get to know each other and is this like i said there's a big chunk of this movie in the middle to me that just kind of like flows together it's just they're getting to know each other is this the point where he misinterprets her they meet her friends oh yeah that is one point we meet friends of hers but they're like people she knows and they seem kind of stuffy as they're walking out of a baby oh, store, yeah. but they're kind of stuffy and that she mm-hmm. acts embarrassed of him. Yeah. She and, calls him her friend. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't seem to notice that. I did that once to a girl that That's I was not a good dating. Idea. No, no. Ooh. And I, yeah, that did not go well. And I don't know why I did it. I was just drunk and being stupid, but that did mm. not go over well. So don't do that to anyone out there. Yeah. Did they ever define their relationship though? I don't think they no, did. No, but that kind of forced him. He thought she was embarrassed because they weren't engaged. Right. And so then that kind of made him think, now I need to propose. When in reality, she just wasn't sure if yeah. she liked him as much. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's what this romantic comedy really is about is he falls in love with her very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's about him a bill a bill bilbo back buildings roman a buildings roman story where he which every jet apatow no. movie is a building where he has to better himself and grow and all mm-hmm. that to the point where she have you ever heard would... that term what is it we've been talking about it <laughs> like every podcast yeah well it's it's a story of growth uh usually male realizing self self-actualizing becoming an adult Basically, and it's called a Bilbo Baggins. It's called a Bildungsroman. It's German. Okay, <laughs> uh, but then he misinterprets that. He talks to what is he? He talks to Paul Rudd at that point about it, about whether he should propose or yeah. not, make an honest woman of her. What is you? What do you think? The next scene, it shows him like proposing to her, but he gives mm-hmm. her an empty box mm-hmm. and says like, "This is a promise." As a woman. Was that pathetic? Was that cute? No, if someone did sweet. that to you, say that he did a good job. It was first sweet. time they say "I love you" in that too. Yeah, and she does. Say, and she I love says you. it back. Yeah. Does yeah. she? I was yeah. again, and I still can't time. understand it. Yeah, she does meld into his life an awful lot though, because it shows yeah. them she's helping. She's over them. at his apartment. Or she's his watching place. movies for Flesh of the Stars and keeping yeah. track. She's yelling Bush. There's Bush right at the mm-hmm. opening. Boobs and Bush. She's cooking with the one guy's girlfriend, uh, druggy Charlie, really high <laughs> acting girlfriend. <laughs> so she does get into his life a fair amount. Yeah, and I mean, he. I don't think he doesn't grow at all, but obviously not really much Seth Rogen at the beginning of the movie wouldn't have thought to propose at the very least I think he grows a lot well I'm saying he he most of his growth is after they break up but I'm saying even at this point he's doing a little bit which Mm -hmm. is you know I I thought was good so you did Mm -hmm. like the the ring yeah, I thought it was sweet. Would you ever do the ring thing, Dave? If you no. were no, okay, I didn't think. I it's don't. It's not think... a great move, but Seth Rogen was if able I was to pull it off. Twenty-three and got Catherine Heigl pregnant. Yes, you I would, would do you that. Find yeah. any ring that you yeah. Could... <laughs> yeah. hold on for right. dear life. And probably cut it off my mom's hand at that point <laughs> yeah. if I had a chance to land Catherine Heigl. Yeah, you got to lock that up. He doesn't seem that concerned about locking it up for those reasons either, though. He he seems pretty. Mm-hmm. He seems way comfortable with that disconnect and hotness. Yeah. Like you said that she yeah, doesn't a... have a real insecurity about that. Yeah. Which is so good. there's that confidence that she might like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually. And that... he brought, I would say he has a better personality than she does. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. just a general person. I mean, they'd all seem like they'd be fun guys to hang out yeah. with, but him in particular. Mm-hmm. So then she she turns down his proposal. They say, I love you. And mm-hmm. then where does it go from here? Is this then the... the it gets into Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd's relationship. They chase him around town. Mm, yeah. Found fantasy out baseball, he's yeah. doing fantasy baseball. Which was pretty, pretty funny. And then she's screaming at... They, they said that they filmed that scene where so Leslie Mann thinks that Paul Rudd's cheating on her he's not he's doing fantasy baseball behind her back mm-hmm. and the part where she's yelling at him he's uh, Apatow said they filmed it a couple different ways and one was her absolutely unleashing into him like screaming <laughs> but that they they found the one where she was like a little calmer and whatnot was was much more was effective better. than her yelling I love when she yells care more at him I'm like that's just so spot on i really want to see this is 40 i gotta get off my butt and check yeah. that out because i do it's like it's good it isn't no it's not worth checking out not really it's worth a watch i guess if you want to it's but fine it's very apatowy yeah to the point where like we it's get overkill. it i just yeah. i just paul rudd and her work well together at least in this one for me and actually mm-hmm. him just with paul rudd i love you man is awesome isn't yeah i love you man's apatow right yeah, that's Paul Rudd and Jason Segel. Justin Segel, yeah. And that one, and Lou Ferrigno. Ever since 40-Year-Old Virgin, every time I see Les- Leslie Mann driving a car in this movie, I'm afraid that she's going to crash it. <laughs> because you know how she's just weaving mm-hmm. drunkenly, and I'm like, she's going to crash, she's going to crash. But no, she 40-Year-Old Virgin was that 2005? Mm-hmm. God, that was a good movie. That was a really. I good just movie. rewatched that recently, and I was like, I forgot how hilarious this movie was. Was that his first big coming out movie? I think Up it might have. I think it might have been because he had un, what undeclared got canceled. canceled. Loudon Wainwright was the dad canceled. in undeclared. He was an uncredited writer for Happy Gilmore. Huh cable guy he was an uncredited writer so he it looks like looking at this he was involved in a lot of stuff but yeah it looked his first directing credit was 40 year old virgin and then knocked up after that funny people after that um this is 40 train wreck train wreck was apatow mm-hmm. oh okay cool may it last a portrait of the oh, it's so good it's great really? is that an hbo one yeah i well, love the gary shandling one yeah was really good cool. and i wonder how much shandling had if he had any influence in a lot of those movies that he was doing. What do you mean? So Apatow used to be a writer for the Larry Sander Larry mm-hmm. Sanders show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Shamling was like his mentor mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And then after that ended, he really never did anything else. He did a terrible movie. But apparently Shamling was like involved in a lot of other people's work. So yeah. I wonder if he had any I wonder too. shaping. He said that. In Freaks and Geeks, Bill comes home from school and just sits and watches Gary Shandling, the Gary Shandling show, and laughs his ass off. And that's a famous scene in Freaks and Geeks where he's just like eating and laughing and just just exuberant. And Judd Apatow said that was straight from his life. Like, that's what he did. He came home from school and just watched Gary Shandling and laughed. Again, I keep coming back to the director's commentary because I watched that more than the actual movie. They had a up 10 minute part where they were talking about how much TV they watched as children. Yeah. He said it was, it was like unfettered you said, access. He said from the minute he got home yeah. to after Letterman or whatever the yeah. late night show he watched was. And same thing with Bill Hader. Just they said that they mm-hmm. would get home and just watch TV. Yeah. And that pretty much is what I did. Me too. So why aren't we famous? We will right? be. Okay. <laughs> uh, for, for me, my mom didn't have cable so it was like 
Um, I didn't have cable either, and I thought yeah. it was bullshit. And then they got it when I was like in it's, high school and not uh, watching as much TV. Mm. But every but so everybody has these fond memories of Nickelodeon and Hey Dude. See, and I, I just have to sit like there awkwardly and pretend. Oh. Like people mentioned Legends, of The Hidden Temple. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that stuff's super great. Like I totally remember that <laughs> like in it. every way. Well, I used to watch. Uh, what's the prairie one little house on the prairie and then mash and then the local news and then Je- um food of fortune and jeopardy it was like that was my <laughs> seven to eight o'clock yeah, yeah. we were a jeopardy household oh, growing up yeah. doing dishes watching jeopardy except it's bullshit it should be on at seven thirty here it's on yeah, at seven, seven and it's not right it should be 7.30. Why should it be 7.30? Because that's how I grew up with it. Oh, okay. 7.30. In Dayton, it's on at 7.30. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Where, where, where are we at in the movie now? <laughs> we're all out. Yeah, I'm kind of losing track of where we're at in the movie. Uh, well, it's because that middle, like I keep saying, well, that middle section middle, yeah, just it flows nowhere. where they're just getting to know each other and it's just funny parts. Anything involving, oh, they have... anything involving Jonah Hill, I think, is really funny. Yeah. And how he doesn't like Catherine Heigl. There was a scene that was in the deleted scenes that wasn't really funny, but I wish they would have kind of kept it where he's watching TV late at night. He's watching Brokeback Mountain and she comes out and sits down with him <laughs> and he's kind of uh, a little antagonistic towards her. But then the characters kind of bond a little bit and he has this hmm. 10 minute bit, five maybe like five minute bit about how he's mad at Ang Lee for not showing full penetration. He's <laughs> like, come on, man, you're going to make a movie about gay cowboys. Like I'm a fucking adult. Show him giving him a hand job. Show him Keith. I want Heath Ledger with cum all over his face. Ew. I'm an adult and I can take that. If you're going to make a, if you're going to make a movie about gay cowboys, you don't whitewash that thing. You show me the dirty side of it. Cause I'm Jeez. an adult. I wish they would have kept that in. Cause yeah, I do like the, <laughs> the, well, because it made it, it went from them, him being very antagonistic towards her, yeah. towards showing them at least having some kind of conversation Mm. that was fun well in there then she's spending the night at his house and there's an earthquake (laughs) and he completely (laughs) forgets that she's staying over and runs outside cradling his His bong bong. yeah and she's standing there and she's like you forgot about me you can't protect us don't forget our good friend mr jason siegel is naked oh yeah yeah jonah hill has a naked girl too right uh martin no jonah hill she has like the hands. Yeah, and then they're like, good oh, yeah, to yeah. meet you. And she takes her hand off her boob. Uh, what are you doing? So in that scene how Jason Siegel was the naked one, mm-hmm. go back to the beginning of the movie and you see them on a roller coaster at oh, the I park. Know the story, yeah. the, and it, and it's, there's a short uh, documentary on mm-hmm. the DVD of them doing this. Um, the one guy, what's his name, with the Canadian? Jay, um, Jay Baruchel. Baruchel. Yeah, Baruchel, with the yeah. Canadian tattoo. Yeah is apparently deathly afraid of roller coasters. And he made a deal. Yeah, he would be the naked guy in that scene if he didn't didn't have have to ride the roller coaster. (laughs) And so then the day of filming... And Judd's like, no deal. (laughs) No, no, Judd made the deal, and then the day of filming, uh, Jonah, like, didn't show up to film the roller coaster scene. Mm -hmm. I'm making air quotes right now. It really translates to audio well. And he ended up guilt tripping him into doing one ride of the roller coaster. And Uh, so when you see the the video of him on it, he's screaming, it's sincere, and he's like... Minute stops. He's yeah. like, get me off this thing. Just get me. That's off how I am with roller coasters. Really? I would not be able to do and that. Then Jason Siegel started puking after like three, three more rides. And of Seth it, Rogen too, because they ate yeah. BLTs or something. But yeah. so he was. Well, supposed they kept to be, having to ride it over and over again. So he was supposed to be the naked one in the earthquake scene, oh. and I assume that since then, Apatow didn't hold up his end of the bargain. But I, yeah. I am going to say, naked Jason Siegel is ten times funnier. Oh I yeah, think just He's due so to big. his size. Yeah. yeah, a big naked guy is is. 
a smaller naked guy like that, like small this, skinny skin, naked yeah, guy, that would just be kind of creepy. You yeah. need like the confident Jason Siegel, a little mm-hmm. creepy with his man. And then he's and... he's naked in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, full frontal. Yeah. Bush. Oh, do we see? Do we see? In Forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall, yeah. I you have to remember a lot of these. I just watch oh, when yeah. they're on Comedy Central, so I've seen. Yeah, he them was you know he was put in Forgetting Sarah Marshall because he knows Judd Apatow, and then I thought he wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Siegel. Yeah, I think Did he? he? Might have. Okay. I think so. Well, then I'll take it all back. But they obviously know each other, so that's probably the reason they work together. And then Mila Kunis auditioned for the role of Catherine Heigl's character, didn't get it, but he remembered her, and then he put her in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Written by Jason Siegel, you are correct. There yeah. you go. God, that Count Dracula song. Okay, we shouldn't talk about it because yeah, we may that's do gonna this. Yeah, because that's going to be an epic. We yeah. already have the guests lined up for that one. Okay. I don't think I've ever made that big of a mistake in a relationship. I've done some bad stuff, yeah, that's but I don't, pretty bad. I don't think I've ever been in a, like, we need to get out of this building to safety scenario. And le- I don't think I've been in that scenario, period, but I don't think I've been in that mm-hmm. scenario and, like, left the woman behind or anything. Yeah. So, I can confidently say I haven't made that mistake. I see your gears turning. Have you done <laughs> I'm so? trying to think. I've done a lot of stupid stuff before <laughs> in relationships, but... <laughs> yeah i mean something will come to me that might not be as the equivalent of running out of your cradling, pregnant girlfriend cradling mm-hmm. a bong era so do you uh want to go into your favorite katherine heigl subject before you go any further since we yes. were talking about naked jason siegel and his man this boobs? is this is its own rom-com trope apparently since we were watching so many katherine heigl rom-coms katherine heigl's boobs yeah they're great well, I think they did a really good job of making them accurate because I thought they looked pretty small at the beginning of the movie. I was like, where are her boobs? These don't, this doesn't seem like Catherine Heigl's boobs. I didn't think they were all really? that big, but I think, the they pur- I think they purposefully made them seem less apparent because then they were able to really fluff them up later. Because, you know, well, you guys may not know, but when you're pregnant, your boobs expand and. Get very go on. Get very plump. So as the movie went on, they were really plumping him up, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yep, that's accurate." So you think that was a conscious choice that Judd Apatow made? I think you're giving Judd Apatow a lot Somebody of credit. Made. But okay, but they were on display in the club scene, pretty pretty good. Really? I thought so. Yeah. I mean, they weren't. I don't they, think she was wearing a push-up bra. I didn't see there was cleavage or anything. Okay. Well. I guess I'll I'll take that. And mm. you would, as usual, reinforce to people how much you like Catherine Heigl's boobs. They're very nice. That seems to be. Mm-hmm. In both of our other Catherine Heigl episodes, Sarah has made sure to point out how much she loves Catherine Heigl's boobs. Mm-hmm. To the point that I'm bringing it up They're now. nice boobs. And, and a bra but... the entire time. Oh, yeah. When they, were having, when they were having yeah. sex. Oh, yeah. Both that, times. That's the other thing. Well, that's probably for rating more than anything. For Is it an R? Movie? Yeah. Oh well. Oh yeah. So I guess they couldn't. No, Maybe she probably. She probably. Yeah. She probably wouldn't. Has she been topless in anything? Mm, if only there was a the website. There's a website to check. <laughs> Let's um, check uh, Catherine Heigl's side boob. What comes up? Oh jeez. I thought that their sex scenes were so awkward. Like, not only is this like a one night stand guy that now you're letting back into your life, but then you're actually like sleeping with. I don't know. I just. I never bought the whole thing well that's you, what apatow was saying like in his special of how all these nerdy guys land these hot girls and he's like well mm-hmm. look at my wife you know <laughs> i'm the nerdy guy that got mm-hmm. the hot actress mm-hmm. but seemingly they had something in common and didn't meet because he knocked her up i'm just amazed that 
she's giving him a chance and then like really trying to like have sex with them and i'm just like okay you're really going for you it you really don't like them together as a couple is what i'm getting i out just of this. don't believe it you just don't believe it because mm-hmm. Catherine heigl is just too good looking to they don't have anything in common he's funny she likes confidence he's good looking you haven't ever heard opposites attract He's not good looking. And he's nice, I think, might be the biggest thing. He is so nice. You don't yeah. know anything about but her backstory. he didn't backstory. come off as super nice at first. He came across as funny in the club scene at the very least. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? They're kind of meet cute. Oh, yeah, they're meet cute. We didn't even mm-hmm. mention that. We haven't talked the about the actual yeah. tropes. We'll get to that, I guess, then. I like them together. I'm not saying it's the most believable thing. Do you think any of those other actresses you read... Prior, though, do you think any of those you would have believed a little more, you would have liked more? I don't think Anne Hathaway. I think she'd yeah. have been less believable, to be honest, because she's much more like a classical old Hollywood beauty. I think the were in there so that Judd Apatow could talk about his own personal fears of having sex with his pregnant wife. I think that was a vehicle for Judd to get some jokes in that were of his own personal experience. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to that actual relationship, I just have trouble with it i i will say i guess you can make the argument he's probably the most genuine down-to-earth guy that she knows in her circles yeah if everyone else is fake celebrities and he's a real person yeah Mm -hmm. but again they don't spend very much time on her or her inner emotions you know it's like this is a guy point of view rom-com I yeah. think you get more of Leslie Mann's emotions than you get of Katherine Heigl's. Yeah. I feel like she says more about her feelings about Paul than, than Katherine Heigl really gets to say. You know what? I, I'm still going to say I kind of like them together. I like the idea that Seth Rogen's like, an, he's a nice guy. I don't think he's terrible looking as we've established. He's funny. Um, he is, pr- and he proves throughout the movie that he's willing to to change and grow, especially in that second half. Yeah, there is After one. After she screams at him, and kicks him out of the car. <laughs> that was pretty. Judd Apatow said that happened to him yeah. and his wife. That that was based on the way to going to a doctor's appointment. She kicked him out of the car. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. yeah. Well, I, so that was building off of the actual earthquake when she right. finds the baby books that he yeah. hasn't read. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of baby books to read. Are, are they that dense? Yes. Are they worth reading? One is fine. Really? You don't need four. Brian never read any. <laughs> it's not something that you're like, you must read this. Well, I mean, like, what do those baby books contain that they need to be so... I mean, well, like, change the amazed. baby, don't shake it? No, this is... Well, I mean, there are baby books, and then there are pregnancy books. And there are birthing books. So the famous one is what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. And that's all about every month. Each chapter is a month, what to expect these months. And then there's an entire index. And it's amazing how much stuff is in there. But you don't need to read them. Well, the big birth you don't need to read more than one. <laughs> big birth. Yeah. Just stick with one. You don't need four. Which one would you recommend, Sarah, if you had to put your... What to expect when you're expecting. What to expect when you're expecting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're, but you're not buying into this whole big birth industry that Dave has just brought to no. light. Mm-mm. Good. There is a whole movie about that. It's called The Business of Being Born. A whole documentary about how incredibly lucrative Big Birth is. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mm. did not know that. Yeah. So they break up. Paul Rudd <laughs> and his wife are like temporarily separated or mm. something. And they go to, they Vegas. Go to Vegas. That's the part I loved. <laughs> and eat shrooms and see Cirque du Soleil. We've all been to Vegas. We've had fun in Vegas. I saw Cirque du Soleil in Vegas. Did you see that show? I uh, know. I saw the Beatles Love show. I've seen that one. I have not seen Mystere though. Uh, it looks weird. They rented. <laughs> yeah. They they rented like that arena and they basically just perform for them over and over yeah, throughout the day sense. so they had a ton of footage that they just didn't end up using yeah um and then they go back to the hotel room and they end up talking about like how <laughs> they got all the chairs all, out yeah. there are five <laughs> different types of chairs in this hotel room. there is someone here who chooses chairs for every hotel room there are five kinds <laughs> So good. They go, in, them. they go into talking about <laughs> how they don't deserve the women in their yeah. life or something. The, my biggest problem is that my wife wants to spend more time with me. So they, that ends up making uh, Seth Rogen think he can go back and do some type of, maybe not grand gesture in the exact... Yeah, reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. and he tries. It fails. He yells at Paul Rudd for making him feel like but an I idiot. But I thought that was such a sweet speech she gave, like... Like, she let him down in the nicest way. Like, she said, like, you're great the way you are. Like, I don't want to change you. And I thought that was really honest of her to be like, you know, I don't want to change you to be who I want you to be. So it's probably better for us to go our separate ways. Like, I thought that was a really honest, Mm -hmm. truthful thing and very kind. Yeah, but is that the advice she should have given him, though? I mean... He eventually got his life back together, but you know, but that if, can't if she be has her a, choice. She can't force him to do that. Yeah, but I mean, she's gonna have it. Like they're having a kid. He's gonna be in her life it's in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, like, but it's not her job to change him. Yeah, but you don't think it would have been behooved her to give him a no. little bit of a wake up call? It's okay. not her job. Okay, I'm just <laughs> I'm providing a, person, a, just I'm providing like a devil's is. advocate. That's all. Have you ever been in a relationship where you felt like the other person was way more into you than you were with them? Yes. Well, wait, no, let me think. No, 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 kind of. Yeah, kind, kind of, kind of at one point. But it's then an it, awful feeling. Yeah. Or no, wait, yes, there was one, actually. I've only really broken up with one girl I've dated. It's been the other way around, just for whatever reason. But the one that I did actually break up with, I thought she was. Then I found out she was, like, seeing a friend of mine on the side. So that no. ended up not being the mm. case. Yeah. But, but I perceived it that way. What about you? I think both of my relationships, I felt like that. So when they were having that conversation, I was like, oh, no, am I like the broken Paul Rudd? And like, <laughs> I can't understand like why someone wants to spend so much yeah. time with me. Like, yeah, it's probably my low self-esteem of like not being able to be like, well, I'm I know I'm not that good. So yeah. why, <laughs> why does would someone, someone else too? see that in me? Yeah. Well, that, that is an interesting point to connect with for sure in these and that's that's the interesting thing about these romantic comedies there always is like that weird little bit that someone connects with within the kernel them. of truth yeah. yeah see now now that you're saying that, i'm trying to think i wonder if there have been some that have been like that and i haven't even been conscious enough to perceive perceive it that way well you're saying like you know love is the greatest gift and why can't i accept yeah you know this mm-hmm. great gift that is love and mm. It's like, wow, that one hit. That hit you pretty... <laughs> really pretty, close to home. Yeah. yeah. But I think guys tend to feel like they're being controlled, too. Like, they want distance because I don't want to be around her all the time. She's always making the rules. She's. I mean, I feel like that was kind of like Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann's issue, too. It was like... She was too controlling of things? She or? had her 
shit worked out and wanted to do things that maybe he didn't want to do. He just wanted to go do fantasy baseball. I didn't understand their relationship through most of the movie, to be honest. They felt like to me, and they didn't establish the same point, but they felt to me like they had a baby and just got married because of it and worked well, they right did. together. And, but I mean like that they had a baby, like got pregnant. They did. Oh, did they establish that in the movie? Yes. Again, watched it with the director's commentary. <laughs> Which is on, why so. that's why Seth he ended Logan up proposing. Was, like, was after that conversation. Yeah. But. So I, in the future, will probably watch the film and then turn the director's commentary on. <laughs> probably a good idea. Sorry. Yeah. So that's what happened. Then they got married, and then Seth Rogen was like, "Well, I just because you fucked up doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know." And Wait, now she's freaked out because she sees your relationship. So they, she lets him down and he decides at that point that he's going to get his shit together. Isn't that when he kind of gets, after he yells at Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd immediately dismisses it. I just like that reaction of Paul Rudd. He's like, you know, your screwed up marriage is screwing up my life or whatever. And then Paul Rudd just drops and is like, who wants K? (laughs) So then Seth Rogen gets his life together. Yeah. And she's she's shown doing interviews when she's very pregnant and Andy Dick assaults her. Oh, yeah. He tries uh, grabbing at her uh, crotch. Yeah. Does the old Trump move. Andy Dick is a freaking lunatic. He got arrested in Columbus when he was here last for, um, God, what was it? It was something like he got kicked out of a cab and then pissed oh, no. in a gutter. I know his, I know he had his dick what out in public. Yeah. But last time he performed in Columbus at the Funny Bone, he got arrested afterwards. Wow. So there you go. So we. So if you like Andy Dick, you won't probably be seeing him in Columbus anytime <laughs> soon. You're going to need to travel for that show. Oh, and then so they're broken up. Then she starts to go into labor. Hilarity ensues. He's trying to get a hold of the doctor. You know, all that jazz. They end up getting to the hospital. And Adam Scott... <laughs> Male nurse. Is there nurse? In the, Love it. Did you notice how he turned around? They pointed this out in the, the commentary that anytime they show him in this movie and he's like turning into a scene, it's like he know he it's as though he is he trying to be a big is. well no, he's like trying to be a big celebrity cameo and like in his head, if you look at his facial reaction when he turns around, it's just like <sighs> like you can just you, th- you can see it in his face that he turns around and he thinks people in the movie theater are going like, Oh my god, it's him <laughs> So that that was pretty that's funny. Yeah. I, I do that. like their scene where she's in the bathtub and he's actually being kind of calm. and Yeah, trying to keep her calm. <laughs> Apparently that came straight out of Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann as well. Well, I guess, it, I guess that then I'll go back to what I was going to ask. Did you guys ever have, well, I guess you're a parent, so you may have actually done this. Or more for you and I, if, if any of our parents that we know did this, yell at the how he was calling like the doctor and yelling at him and all that stuff. No. Okay, did you did you ever have a parent that did that that you know of? Um, I mean, I know. So my mom's a physical therapist. My other sister's a physical therapist. My other sister's a doctor. So they have kind of a good understanding of what to call a doctor angry. Well, no. So like, um, my sister just had her fifth kid. Wow. And so she had your doctor sister. No. Uh, physical physical therapist sister and so she had some issues before and like had to be on bed rest for a while but like the more kids she's had like the better Mm. she's gotten at being pregnant that's essentially her blood pressure dropped off near it and they were trying to call the resident and the resident wasn't able to be paged because they were in a meeting it was like during a shift change and my mom was like uh no you have to go get the doctor now like i don't care if he's in a meeting like i'm gonna start walking down 
like each and every door and find him. So for my mom (laughs) to do that, who knows, you know, kind of how it works out like, oh, this was actually really serious. And then the Mm -hmm. hospital like contacted there and said, oh, we're so sorry. We're going to have to put in a new procedure. But oh, wow. Yeah. So they can get sued for that. My mom just likes telling the story of him calling the pediatrician, him like telling him it was okay and all this and that. And my dad just screaming at him on the phone to the point that my dad would never take me to the pediatrician after that because he felt so embarrassed <laughs> oh, after no. yelling at this really nice doctor on the phone because he was just... Oh. So that's what that kind of took me back to when you say like a personal connection to it. Is I can yeah. just imagine my dad in that moment yeah. screaming at someone on the phone or yelling at a doctor like when he call, when he yells at Kim Jong or... Uh, Oh God! Did I just do that? Yeah. <clears throat> when he yells, <laughs> what the Ken Jong. Ken. Ken Jong Young. Ken Jong <laughs> When he when he when he yells at him and it's just like, listen, man, you can be as mad as me. You want to? I don't know. That kind of took yeah. me back. So I, I mean, I feel like we should have had that conversation with our nurse because that delivery nurse is really important. You see them way more than you see the doctor. They have one and of the highest. Uh, medical malpractice insurance. I know that because they get sued yeah. constantly. I can see that. Yeah. Because well, like if I, anything goes that wrong. Nurse, my nurse was so awful. I had such nice nurses. I was in labor for 26 hours. It was horrible. Wait, and with Emma or June? With Emma. Because June was scheduled. Yeah. And yeah. then I had to have an emergency C-section. And Jesus. it was awful. I caught an infection at the hospital. Oh. I was on antibiotics and I was stuck in bed because I had my epidural. Then the epidural ran out. We had to find the anesthesiologist. It's like, how did that this happen? That sounds terrible. Oh, it was awful. And I had a fever. And this nurse was like kind of a tough love nurse. Like, you can do it. Come on. And I was like, oh, well, I'll kill you. And I could have told her hours ago that this was going to result in a C-section. Like, it was just bad. Hmm. And she was so unpleasant. And she, she was, of course, there the entire time. Finally, my mom was like, you need to call the doctor. Like, she's she's not moving this has to happen and she's like okay fine like it was just so unpleasant so finally i had the emergency c-section and she's still on shift we were in um triage after the operation like post-op forever before we got a room and i was so thirsty i hadn't eaten or drank in over 24 hours and I was like, can I have some water? And she's like, no, because if you aspirate, if you choke it, then I, then you can get a blood clot and I have to put these boots on you. And I was like, can I just have something? She's like, I'll give you an ice chip. And I had one ice chip and I was so exhausted. I fell asleep with it in my mouth <laughs> and it melted and I aspirated it. <laughs> so I was like, you should have fucking given me the water. I wouldn't have fallen asleep with that in my mouth. Wow. And she was like, now I have to put these boots on you. Like literally that tone of voice. Now I have to put these boots on you. And I was like... Fuck you, lady. <laughs> Fuck you so bad. I'll take these boots and shove them. You are the else worst goddamn yeah. nurse of this whole experience. You have made this so negative. Why is she putting boots on you? They're compression boots. So every thirty or forty seconds, they go and pump like really hard pressure, so that if you get a blood clot, it moves it, so that you don't. God, the wonders of pregnancy. It basically keeps you from it keeps your blood moving around so you don't get a blood clot. Okay. Well, I'm amazed that it like with all the complications now, obviously people just died all the time. Yeah. I would have died. Back yeah. in the day. You there's know, no just, there's no doubt. It took two hundred thousand years to get us to this point. Yeah. You know. And people, people still surviving. Die. Yeah. Uh in the United States, people are three times more likely to die than in Canada or any other industrialized country because our maternity care is 
I could get into this whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, we've gotten really good at saving babies, but maternity care has not caught up, and the stupid insurance industry and everything has really fucked us. Huh. Especially women of color. They're like seven times more likely. It's really bad. Wow. Well, we know Catherine Heigl got excellent medical care, though, because we saw that baby come out. How do you know that was excellent medical care? I don't know. I'm assuming she was safe. <laughs> Pretty sure that's just nature at work. Well, I mean, she she was safe and healthy and took the baby home. I don't know. But so we but that is that is generally one of my favorite parts. I literally of the saw the baby coming out, so yeah. it must have been healthy. Yeah, I did. It cried. Seemed, Causality seemed there. Oh my god! When Jason Siegel is like winking at yeah. Leslie Mann, oh, man. and Paul Rudd just went, like looking looking left and right and just kind of sitting there like, what the hell? I do like earlier in the movie where Paul Rudd comes over to their house and then Jason Siegel is like, "Are you so and so's wife?" And he's like, "Yeah," and he just shuts the door and walks away. That's great. I want. I I haven't seen this as forty. I'm assuming he is not in it as a cameo, right? I can't even remember. Uh, I would love if that character came out yeah, of nowhere as a cameo, remember. but I'm assuming if you can't remember it, he didn't. So they have the baby safely. Everybody's there. We haven't even talked about the Dirty Man competition where the guy grows the beard. Martin Stein. And they said that came out of a real competition that they had in their house. But it seems like it would have to be head to head, like two people against each other. I mean, it just... Well, the one person can fail, right? And so then he has to pay rent for everyone else. But if he makes it a year, then he gets... Oh, was there a time component to it? Okay, I guess I I thought it was like an in perpetuity. Like how long can you get a thing? Yeah. The Dirty Man competition yeah. is what they called it. Uh, they get to make fun of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a gag reel of just Jonah Hill firing things at, <laughs> at him in the club scene over and over and over again. It was pretty. I, I really didn't notice that was the kid from Freaks and Geeks. And now once I heard it, I see, I see it instantly. Mm-hmm. He's in Silicon Valley now. I haven't seen that. He's great. So she has the baby safely, mm-hmm. we assume. They drive home extremely slowly, which is such so true. Did Brian drive slowly? Uh, slower than normal. Like we had friends who he would drive like 25 and <laughs> his wife's like, Scott, you can go a little faster. And he's like, are we in a hurry? I Like, <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> where, do, where do we have to be so quickly? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like to think I drive normal, but I'd probably be pretty nervous too. I can see mm-hmm. that. I drive yeah. more careful. I have a dog in my car. You know, just like, <laughs> yeah. you don't have a seatbelt on. Like You're out floating around. Yeah. And then they just, then they show them all kind of hanging out with the baby, meeting mm-hmm. the baby. We go to the credits scene. Do you know what they named the baby? No. Stephanie. Did they? (laughs) Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Justin's girlfriend's name. Yeah. Cool. Or as he said in episode three, the girl I'm dating right now. (laughs) I was like, why, Justin? I mean, because... (laughs) Why would you say it like that? Because I'm just informing people, I guess. And so then we're left to believe that they are a happy Mm. family now after his... Not really a grand gesture. I don't think there's a grand gesture in this movie. But after it, the like Dave was saying how after calmly the he handled the the um, tub scene, yeah, that kind of impressed her. I, I want to know more of the logistics of what's happening next. Like, is she moving into his one bedroom apartment? Yeah, that's is what the they ba- said. You've got to watch this movie. <laughs> God damn it, Justin. They have actually yes. a really cute conversation. So he's moving to East LA, uh-huh. and the apartment's really big. And he goes, "Now we just have to decide if we're going to be Crips or Bloods." And she's he's like, like I, "I look good in blue." Yeah. 
<laughs> I look good in red. And uh, then they close the film. Well, we with, both look good in gold. And then they close the film with showing baby photos of everybody. And singing That's My Daughter in the Water. Which was pretty, pretty funny. That was sweet. What, I started song? tearing up seeing all the baby pictures. Like, oh. I, I, just so much hope. Everybody's faces are just so happy and full of like joy and hope. Like this is a new life. And mm. it's like, babies. I enjoyed it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's super duper funny. Especially if you like... I, even if you don't care for Judd Apatow humor, I think there's enough there, like sweet stuff and romantic yeah. comedy type stuff. You know, we usually go through and try to assign, like, on a scale of one to ten, how much of a romantic. Well, I guess we, well, some first of the tropes. We need to we get into the, the tropes. tropes. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. we didn't, we kind of just talked through them. Yeah. So the meet cute, they meet at the club and. Over drinks at the bar she when gives he gives him a chance. Them. Yeah. He buys her a drink and then she wanders off and then they meet up again. Physical comedy at the club when he's dancing and he's doing the dice throwing too much. Yeah. That's all he's got. It's all he's got, man. Um, <laughs> that does seem like a pretty accurate oh, yeah. uh, depiction of just being real drunk and like Definitely. knowing kind of early on like this is happening. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and just, yeah. Just throwing anything you got at gotta it. Keep, mm-hmm. like, yeah, to keep yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> No, if you, knowing you, if you can keep that pedal down for like another hour or two, right. things are going to be okay. <laughs> Her sassy side friend is her sister. Yeah. His are like his five friends, yeah. basically. Um, problem that keeps them apart. She gets pregnant in <laughs> one night stand. Mm. Um, you said that keeps them Wait, apart? Yeah. I would so say that brings them together. Well, that yeah, it does bring them together, but it's also what... Like every rom com has a central issue. Sure. I guess it isn't in this way a problem keeps them apart, but a central problem or a central issue that kind of centers the rom com, and that would be getting pregnant on a one night stand. Well, so this is kind of like the reverse rom com, right? Is at the yeah. very end, mm. usually, oh, happy. Now you see it later, oh, now they have a kid. Mm-hmm. And that is. Right, this kind of puts it on its of, head. Yeah. Yeah. They have to deal with that and then come together from there mm. rather than the other way around. The jobs of the main character, she works at E. That's interesting. Yeah. Unique. He, he builds a website. He's <laughs> He got his foot run over by a postman in Canada, so he has $14,000. How cheaply has this guy been living that he's on I that know. for that long? Good for him. He said what, when he was 15? Yeah. So he's 22, seven years. 23. But you figure he probably lived with, he definitely lived with his dad as long as possible. Sure. Yeah. So it's not like he's been like just living off of that. An They're illegal in... immigrant, right? Yeah, he's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously the city is Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that plays a huge part in it necessarily though. No, not necessarily. I mean, not I as much. with you... the E thing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, in like some of our other movies, it's really been like a really, really big part of the... Like a, almost a character. Yeah, like the film would almost, if you change the location, the film would be totally different. Yeah, um, like Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, but I feel like that E was really the only strong connection to the city, the celebrity mm. aspect of it. And even that wasn't like, you know, yeah. it could have been, this could have probably been San Francisco or this probably could have been Chicago or New York and not have changed a ton. Yeah. Cameos. Well, Harold Ramis. Uh, cameos. I think we already talked about a cameo of um, 
fuck what's his name i just ryan seacrest no the other guy ryan seacrest yeah ryan Se- no yeah ryan seacrest <laughs> andy, andy dick, the andy oh dick cameo steve carell steve, steve carell Carrell. Dick. that's the first time they've ever like made him unlikable <laughs> uh no i was thinking god what is his name all of a sudden i just said it where he's james the nurse no he's the nurse at the end oh adam, adam scott. scott adam scott thank you him yeah james franco james is franco. in it and, um, no it wasn't dave franco was it no that was james franco Oh, wow. It was James, yeah, because yeah. they, were, they oh, were... Oh, right, right. It was one of his first, like, comedic-y type things at that point. They no, because he was in Freaks and Geeks. I said comedic-y type things. <laughs> I must have been watching something else where Dave Franco was in it for, like, a second. Hmm. They mentioned Spider-Man 3 three times, yeah. in which James Franco... <laughs> has... Have you seen The Room yet? Or not The Room, without... Uh, the... Disaster Artist? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I That was amazing. Especially, he should have won the Oscar. He should have. It was the whole Me Too that, thing, right? That's what, yeah. That's what I was saying to somebody was that if you watch <laughs> interviews with Tommy Wiseau, like if you watch that movie without knowing how Tommy Wiseau talks, you would think it was a terrible performance. If you watch one interview with Tommy Wiseau, you think he deserves the Oscar because it's that guy has such an odd cadence and way of talking. And Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not hit that woman. Hi, Mark. I have a question. Yes. If this movie came out today mm. yeah. and with the condom on off thing where mm-hmm. would that i think it's considered rape to say if you're say you're wearing birth control and, and you're, you're not, not or you forcibly remove it yeah like, would that have that wouldn't today? qualify because they had a miscommunication he didn't ever tell her he was wearing it he didn't ever well, purposefully mislead her. Well, so are you asking is if they made this today, would they have to change that a little bit? Right. I don't think so. I think they might. I think you might have a point. I mean, hmm. people are pretty pretty people are pretty touchy nowadays about you yeah. know things. Well, it's all. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but yeah. the whole like continued consent that you have to ask now, yeah, and what they're teaching on college campuses, where yeah. is it okay if I kiss you? Is it okay if I take your shirt off? Is mm. it okay if I take my pants off? And like you have to get. <laughs> informed consent yeah. as you're going along yeah so no i i yeah could see them hmm. having to actually change it but i wonder what they change it to and even with alcohol now if you're drunk you can't really consent in a lot of places mm-hmm. and they were drunk so yeah could mm-hmm. they well they were both drunk so i don't know how yeah. that would work but hmm. that's actually kind of an interesting interesting say. point of how they'd have to change it i think they'd probably have to change a little bit of something it would probably condom would probably just go right out the window. Right. It probably just wouldn't even be meant. That They probably would just remove that from the equation entirely and just be two drunk people having sex. You know, but I get the consent thing too. They should do show them being so congenial through the whole evening. Mm. Though there's nothing like creepy about it all, and he's so sweet. I don't think that's yeah. Like if she it, just but... forgot to take her birth control pill or something. Yeah, I think that that would probably be how they do it. Is yeah, yeah like forget to take or just or even there's not a failure. bring it up. Yeah. There's just a failure because there is. Yeah, but I'm, I get what you're saying. I don't think they'd now, 10 years later, be able to just go, well, no, I just didn't put the condom on. Yeah, she took that news pretty well when he was just like, no, you just told me get to it. I didn't put the condom on. Like, I, if I'm hooking the up with a girl. The funny thing about that scene is he doesn't remember most of the night. He doesn't remember that she tells him she works at E. He doesn't remember that she tells him that... <laughs> You well, know, she Sarah, just got I a promotion, can, but can he can remember go- that yeah. conversation. I can see where you're going exactly. with this, and let me just stop you right in your tracks. If you're a guy like Seth Rogen and you do get a Catherine Heigl, you remember every moment of that evening 
at that point of the the. But he doesn't remember the beginning. No, no, no. Part. I didn't mean that. No, I'm sorry. The ending of the evening, the actual the the intercourse thing. You mm-hmm. remember that is burned into your brain. Well, I think he even says like, "I wish I would have remembered this." Yeah, there's <laughs> a line where he, he was, like, says, off "Did we like, have he... sex last night?" Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, nice. (laughs) So he doesn't remember the sex, but he remembers the exact conversation Uh, about the condom. Oh, man. You get flashes. Yeah. Did we have sex? Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like... (laughs) I will say one of the... Like laugh out loud moments was their first breakfast together where he's just doing kind of like a rundown of, well, yeah. you know, just so open about how his life is. And she's just sitting there like, mm. yeah, you figure you would, you would edit just a tiny bit, but, uh, yeah. no, not. <laughs> I was... love when they take their clothes off and he's like, oh, you're, you're prettier than I am. <laughs> she's like, come on. <laughs> I wouldn't say the soundtrack was quite as big a piece of the the movie too as we see That's in some true, of them. Yeah. It was to an extent. I mean, opening with like the Wu Tang Clan and you know that ending song and Rock Lobster was in there. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, yeah, I, I think the soundtrack's pretty forgettable compared to some for what that's worth. Do we have any other big tropes that we kind of mm-hmm. hit it? Not really. So then, Not what we really. what we try to do is just say on a scale of one to ten, not how much you liked it. But one to ten, how much of a romantic comedy is this? That'd be like ten would be hitting every single trope you can think of. That would be the the archetype, and one would be like you always say the movie seven would be like a one. Yeah. So I'm. I think I'm gonna go lower. I'm gonna go more like five mm-hmm. because I never figured out what she sees in him. And I feel like so much of a rom-com is how they connect, mm-hmm. what they see in each other, how they fall in love. And I'm never sure what that is. I think for her, it's like, I want a father for my child, but I can never understand her personal feelings for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like there's a lot of romance there. It's a forced situation. Mm-hmm that turns into a lot of hilarity and trying to work things out and adult themes like Jedha Patel loves to do about growing up. But in terms of actual romance, there isn't really romance. Mm-hmm. So five. So you'd say like a five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to put a, a number to it or? Uh, I mean, I'll go six and a half, but I think the order of the relationship. So in a lot of other rom-coms, there's, usually a big misunderstanding mm-hmm. of like, oh, if you would have just talked about this before you stormed out yeah. forever. But they were forced to continue talking yeah. throughout the whole time. Yeah. Because of... The misunderstanding the brought them together. Right. Not apart. <clears throat> I'd, I'd probably go about a six on it too for for both of those reasons. Also, some of the tropes that I just really like to see in it, I don't remember... There probably was a montage in it, but there was. the She's whole movie was a montage. Look, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there wasn't like I I like a I like a good rom com, cute montage, and that one didn't really stay with me. I like the soundtrack being really impactful. Mm. This one had the opportunity to do that, and it just chose not to. But mostly, like you said, that there's a lot of comedy, but not quite as much romance that made sense in it mm-hmm. too. If you would like to send us an email like Caitlin did, you can send us an email at. Mail at romcomcom.com. We'll That's mail me. as in M-A-I-L. Uh, yeah, check us out on Instagram. 
and Facebook. We do not have a Twitter. Neither of us know what we're doing, so we're not doing Twitter. As always, I like to thank the band This Is My Suitcase for letting us use their song Love off the album The Keys to Cat Heaven for our intro mm-hmm. and outro. We should link to that so you can get it on iTunes if you want to. Yeah. That'd be, I'll work on that. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um, Dave, is there anything you wish to say or plug or do? Parting remarks. Parting remarks on our way out? Or yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's no. trivia sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks Thank for you. thanks for coming, Dave. Thanks, this Dave. was fun. It's a lot We're of fun. You sat in. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Best wife ever. Best wife ever.